0: Hi, and welcome to Dope Shit My Therapist Says, a therapeutic wellness and lifestyle podcast providing relatable conversations that encourage our listeners to strive for self-growth, self-reflection, and self-love.
1: We are two therapists who just want to keep it real. We provide a safe and honest space for those who need an extra dose of connection with a no-bullshit filter. We're your hosts, Brian Gatti.
0: And Lauren Factor, and we welcome you to our space. We're so happy to have you here. Now let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Dope Shit My Therapist Says. Today we have on Winnie Wang. Winnie Wang is a trauma-informed licensed acupuncturist, intuitive healer, and a professor in acupuncture at Alhambra Medical University. Winnie is passionate about teaching people how to release the trauma from their bodies with traditional Chinese medicine and mindfulness meditations. Winnie believes wellness belongs to everyone regardless of income, level and has been providing free resources online for everyone to access since 2018. Winnie recently founded the Compassionate Transformation Community, a nonprofit dedicated to the mental wellness of youth and their parents.
1: Through weekly donation-funded calls, Winnie works with attendees to bring integrative solutions into their homes, offices, and classrooms, connecting participants with the resources to navigate the ups and downs of life. Winnie's newest book, Unlocking Light, is anticipated for summer 2023 and discusses transforming at your heart, soul, mind, energy, and body levels. We hope you enjoy our conversation with Winnie and learn something about acupuncture, shadow work, and more. Don't forget to add us on Instagram at therapy Pod. Well, hello, Winnie. We have been waiting to record with you for a while now. I think this podcast episode has been on the dockets for a few months and it's finally the day. So please let our listeners know like where you're from and a little bit about yourself.
2: Sure. I am Winnie Chan Wang. I am an Asian immigrant from Hong Kong. And I came to the United States when I'm 15. And you can read all about my childhood trauma and my divorce and all the traumas that I've overcome from my book, it's called Honoring Darkness, Embrace Shadow Work to Grow and Nourish Your Power. So the long and short is that I have four science degrees, two from MIT. So I have these incredible technical background In computer science, finance, marketing. And then my last degree is in acupuncture and oriental medicine. So in 2009, I had this injury to my spine. And if you know that your spine is crooked, then every inch of you that can hurt, hurts, right? So I have neck pain shoulder pain lower back pain hip pain knee pain ankle pain and i felt like a loser because i can't sit in a chair for 10 minutes i can't recline on the beach or watch a movie and all these things that i love to do all of a sudden i cannot so by the time Uh, My child was six years old. I alternated extreme anxiety and depression such that sometimes I would cry three hours a day, two times a day. And then I had this near-death car accident where at the moment of impact, I was like, oh my God, I just wasted my life. I've been so... I'm going to use my first S word, stupid. I spend my whole life being stupid because I was living in so much anger and holding so much grudges about all the things that my ex did living in the past. And also all these fears and worries about things in the future about my children also have not happened yet. So I just wasted my entire life living in the past and future, but anywhere but the present. So at that moment, I was 37. And this wake up call was like, whoa. (laughs) So it was really funny. I know I'm here with talk therapists, but my whole life I've been resistant to talk therapy because I don't really want to look at my problems. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. And then 10 days later, I had a second car accident. And I was like, okay, Winnie, there's no car insurance in the world that can allow you to have a car accident every 10 days. And so that's when I started on this healing journey. I started meditating every day. And I study all these spiritual medicine. And that's why today I am a medical intuitive. So I practice science, and I practice spirituality, engaging the soul mind body, bringing everything into alignment. And so yeah, ask me any question. I'm so passionate about this traditional Chinese medicine. I was on um, zoom with Ryan earlier explaining. Yeah, everybody knows the body keeps the score. But exactly where? And this is where the power of acupuncture comes in because this medicine that has been around for thousands of years, they tell us anger is trapped in the liver, right? All this disconnection, abandonment that's in the heart, overthinking, overworking is in the digestion and grief is in the lungs and fear in the kidneys, right? So sometimes women come to me, they have breast cancer, they have chronic UTI, they have ovarian cysts, right? So usually people come to me, it's already very late stage. <laughs> so they come to me with a physical symptom and like, doctor, doctor, what can I do? And what I realize is two women get breast cancer and two women do chemotherapy, one comes back and one doesn't. And I really want to help everyone be the person who can have a full recovery. And the answer lies in shadow work. The cancer didn't just happen overnight, it's because there's something that you're not looking at. And it grew and grew and grew and turned into cancer. And that's why even though I'm an acupuncturist, I went on to write a book about shadow work because, you know, and I really believe that every acupuncturist should team up with a talk therapist because there is this mind-body connection, right? So if you have a cavity right now, you would go to a dentist and have this cavity removed. That's like, you have a blockage, you go to the acupuncturist they, they work on your plumbing and they help you flow again. Going to a talk therapist, it's like examining, do you eat too much chocolate? Do you know how to brush teeth, right? So if you keep eating the same chocolate and if you keep not brushing teeth, it doesn't matter how good of the acupuncturist or the plumber it is, right? You keep clogging up your system, you're going to create more blockages. And that's why I was so passionate about writing this book. And I was also telling Ryan earlier about the power and significance of this book because, you know, I planned a wedding many years ago and... Sometimes when we work with a checklist, it allows us to be comprehensive, right? For example, I might remember to buy the dress, but forgot the flowers. Or I remember the flowers, I forgot the cake. I remember the cake, but I didn't get a videographer. So when I have a checklist, I can be systematically covering everything that I need and that's what the book is about is having this framework of the top 10 shadows so that every talk therapist can just pick up the book and say tell the client here read this book and we can systematically check off these boxes so that instead of spending 20 years in talk therapy we can actually be powerful you know we can actually stop living these childhood traumas that just keep me in victim and scarcity. Gosh, I'm 43 right now. I'm looking at you guys and I'm so obviously envious. And all of you podcast listeners, I want to give you a shout out for tuning into this episode because, gosh, you guys have a good, you know, 20 years ago when I was your age, I didn't have no podcasts that can give me all this powerful resources. So if you're liking this episode, make sure to like, share and subscribe and leave them a five-star review. And really, really like share this podcast episode with all your friends because that's how we make the world a better place. You know, I always say, right now, whatever iPhone you're using, let's say iPhone 14. There was iPhone 12 and 10 and 8, six, four, two, right? So we are all standing on the shoulders of giants. And I really thank Ryan and Lauren so deeply from my heart for having this wonderful podcast where we can talk about dope shit, like literally. <laughs> everyone needs to know about these things. Right. And I love, and I'm so grateful for this platform so that you guys can have these resources that was not available to me 20 years ago. So thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, we, we appreciate the shout out. And usually that that's my job to pump up the guests, <laughs> but now you're, you're the guest pumping up the, the podcasters. We love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we were um, talking about um, kind of why we got into this, Lauren, before you mm-hmm. hopped on. And we had talked, I was kind of saying that our goal and passion was to talk about mental health and wellness, but we wanted to create a space where other experts could come on and guide us as well so that we can expand our own learning and learn with our listeners. So, you know, we are super excited to have you on Winnie and talk about acupuncture, talk about trauma stored in the body. And more importantly, we're excited to talk about the shadow work piece of it. Um, So can you tell us a little bit more about how acupuncture helps with stored trauma and i know you were talking too about different areas of your body where things are held and previously you had mentioned like the stomach and self-worth and all of that and lauren and i both suffer from digestive issues so we're very keen to learn about that too
2: okay so first of all um they're the top 10 shadows and weight loss is shadow number five (laughs) so Shadow number five is about ego, judgment, competition and comparison. Is this idea that I need to work hard in order to succeed and I need to God build my resume and look good. And it's really a disempowering conversation because you know what? Okay, I'm going to use the big G word, God. Okay, but you can feel free to use source, universe, higher power, whatever you want. I'm going to tell you right now, this is the dope shit, pay attention. I spent the first 37 years of my life not knowing that God existed and not knowing that there was a higher power. And that's why I have four degrees is because I kept working and working. I was people pleasing. I keep wanting to impress you with all the degrees that I have. And I keep wanting to tell you about how great I am. I was addicted to looking good. I was addicted to praise and like (laughs) couldn't handle criticisms. And when I had that, I could drink Diet Coke and eat lettuce and get fat, (laughs) literally, because I have to hold on to every opportunity. I have to hold on to everything. And this energy of holding on because I don't have enough, I'm not good enough, is actually what makes us fat. It's actually what impairs digestion, right? Let's unpack digestion because digestion means to receive, isn't it? The stomach of the function. If I eat a banana today, what I want the banana to do. I want the banana to go down. I want to receive the potassium and all the nutrients of the banana, now my thinking mind might say oh but a banana is sweet a banana has calories a banana is going to make me fat so my mind is the thing that is preventing me from receiving this banana so when we actually give up thinking give up working we can actually eat more sweets and lose weight.
0: I really believe that lately. Speaking of weight loss, I've been on more of a, a weight loss journey. And I noticed that a couple of months ago, I was having a, a lot of trouble losing weight, even though I was in a calorie deficit and working out. And a couple of weeks ago, I don't know, I guess my mindset shifted or something changed where I started, yes, eating a little less and being more mindful, working out the same, and I'm losing weight now. So I don't know if that's stress, trauma, trauma around the idea of holding on to weight of others. I'm not sure, but. Interesting, interesting tidbit um that you brought up about digestion.
2: Yeah, so I'm an immigrant and I came to this country by myself, and literally my survival felt like at that time that I had to depend on my own two hands to do everything. And interestingly, my parents were refugees, my grandparents were refugee. So this idea is like I have to hold on to every napkin and every ketchup packet (laughs) and not waste any food is so deep in my being. And I ask myself this question. Should I eat like I might die tomorrow so that I want to eat everything I can today? Or should I eat like there's always going to be another meal? The next 40 years, there's always going to be more food. I don't need to store calories in my body right now. And having actually this abundance mindset that there will be food tomorrow. I don't have to worry about it actually frees me and liberates me to eat cake and not gain weight right i always say there's two ways to eat one is fear guilt and shame before i eat the brownie i have fear oh my god so much carbs and fat during i eat the brownie i have guilt oh i'm gonna have to work out the gym later And then after I ate the brownie, oh, I'm a bad person. I have no discipline. I really should have stayed away from the brownie. What was really funny was in the beginning of COVID, do you guys remember there was a time when they were out of eggs and chicken and everything in the grocery store? Mm -hmm. And I remember the, the flour, there was no flour. And I remember that I was stay at home because you know everything was shut down and I was digging into the Halloween M&Ms and Halloween Kit Kats and I was being really creative and making a brownie and I remember thinking this could I don't know when but this could be the last brownie because whenever the flour runs out in my house this is it there's no more flour on the shelves and I ate the brownie with so much gratitude. Wow, so grateful that I created brownie out of Kit Kats and M&Ms from Halloween. And I just ate whatever I wanted during COVID because all of a sudden, I had this mindset that I'm so grateful for all the essential workers that are still stocking the shelves in the grocery market and and people who are keeping our country running two months of unlimited eating and i step on the scale and i gain exactly 0 pounds i remember i was eating like chicken wings in the midnight you know as a midnight snack and because i ate everything with gratitude and finding perfection in the moment, I literally did not gain a single pound. And I want to rewind the clock to what my diet looked like pre-COVID. So pre-COVID, I was intermittent fasting, which is super hardcore. And while I was intermittent fasting, I lost zero pounds. You know why? Because I was already at my perfect weight, But I didn't know it. I just was like, oh, I feel fat. I feel fat. So I need to go intermittent fasting. But I'm not fat. So there was nothing to lose. And I really, in a way, want all the listeners to see the perfection in everything. Even the perfection of COVID. Because without COVID... I wouldn't have had this giant breakthrough that I can eat anything I wanted. Right up until COVID, I was so strict in my intermittent fasting. And then the day my kids stopped going to school, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not watching my kids eat pizza and brownies. And like, I I have no willpower. You know, if they're at school, I will fast. But if they're eating brownies and pizza, I'm going to eat brownies and pizza with them. And It was such a big, liberating breakthrough, right? Even COVID gave me so many enlightenment moments. Yeah, so really, um, I think that there are two kinds of people in the world. There is the kind that sees the negative in everything. I call them the complainers. And by the way, I'm the queen of complainer. (laughs) you know, and there's a history for that, because women are paid 77 cents on the dollar, you know, my mother was a victim, my grandmother was a victim, and we've had 1000s of years of patriarchy. Right. So if you find yourself complaining, have compassion, because we were raised by complainers, right, that see the negative of everything. But thankfully to Ryan and Lauren, that we have these amazing podcasts. Like right now, I think if you are not living your dream, that's because you're not listening to enough podcasts. <laughs> you know, I really think that 10 years ago, you can say, Oh, Winnie, I don't have money for acupuncture. I don't have money for talk therapy. Everything's so expensive. I, I'm a victim because I was born with no money, but you know what? No more excuses because literally there are free podcasts. And I founded this nonprofit called Compassionate Transformation because I really believe that wellness belongs to the people. So I have so many free weekly and monthly events there are so many free things in the world now. So if you still feeling like I don't have abundance, I don't have enough money, you're stuck, just go online, (laughs) go into the show notes and check me out. I got so many free things to offer and keep tuning into the podcast episode every week.
1: Sorry, go ahead, Lauren. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to ask you a little bit more about your compassionate transformation community and like how you founded that and, you know, what wh- where is your community currently so like the people around you that are listeners may be able to access this because, yeah, I think that's a huge barrier in our country is access to um, wellness and a diversity of wellness practices, not just going to see your primary care and hoping you don't get a bill, right? Like being able to choose the type of practitioner that's going to work for you and being able to access it um, in in your means. So I'd love to hear more.
2: Yes. So actually, I just remembered that I was going to tell you there are two types of people in the world: there are the complainers, and then there are people who see the good in everything and they're grateful about everything. I want to tell you the secret. I used to be so annoyed with people who are grateful about everything. (laughs) I, when people smile all the time, I'm like, oh, they want something from me. They can't be that happy. How can it possibly be the case that I'm hurting over here and they are so happy and it looks like they have everything, right? and that's why this book is so helpful right when you read about you know the me too you know this major trauma that i've been through you will understand that if i smile it's because i've done a shit ton of work (laughs) A shit ton. It's because I have done the shadow work to look at all my shit and I left the shit behind, okay? I don't have less shit than you. My shit doesn't stink less than yours, but I put that shit behind me. So why I name the nonprofit Compassionate Transformation is because I used to be one of these people prior to shadow work. Oh, love and light, love and light, love and light. Good vibes only. And you know what that happened was it led to my divorce (laughs) because I thought I was better than everybody else. Oh, look, I'm love and light. So I'm better than you. No, compassion is not bypassing, right? Compassion is if I'm angry, I don't run away from the anger. I sit with it, I let myself scream like a crazy lady. (laughs) If you ever bump into me in the forest and you hear me screaming, okay, that's me doing shadow work. And if I have fear, why people need to check out from sitting with their anger and their fear, their shame, It's because they don't know how to have compassion for themselves. And I think that the most powerful thing about my book and my work is when you read about my trauma, you're going to have compassion. Oh, shit, she went through that shit, right? Like, oh, that's heavy shit, you know? And if she can grow out of that shit, then I can too, right? So it's like reading the story of how I sat in my shit helps you sit in your shit. (laughs) And so transformation starts with compassion, right? It's like being willing to accept the current reality. Being able to not run away, but really just be and breathe. And only when we have compassion and connection is it safe to transform. I'm going to tell you a funny story. So in the beginning of my divorce, I knew that forgiveness is a gift for me because forgiveness frees me. So I chanted mantras. I said, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I wrote letters of, oh, I forgive you. Months later, I did shadow work and I realized I still have so much anger stored in my body, right? Because I can't forgive just by chanting, forgive you. I can't forgive just by writing letters. That's just you know, in the soul level and the mind level, but I haven't done the work in the body level. And that is why compassion needs to be paired with transformation, right? Some people, they are just eager to transform, but then they haven't actually set with the current reality. And some people, they're so good at sitting in the current reality they they just don't get off the couch. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm hurting and I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm just going to sit on the couch. So we need 50-50. We need to have compassion for our current reality and also move forward.
0: Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what shadow work is? and where the idea comes from. I'm even a little unfamiliar myself.
2: Great, thank you for that question. So shadow work has its Eastern roots and Western roots. So in the Eastern roots, it comes from Tantric Buddhism. And the idea being everything comes from the source and everything goes back to the source. So if I sit with my shadow, if I just keep breathing, I can watch this go back to the source, right? It's like I'm the sun. Even if I'm covered by dark clouds, if I just wait, the dark clouds will eventually dissipate and the sun will be shining again from the Western world, it comes from Carl Jung, which is a Swiss uh, psychoanalyst. And it's this idea that we are whole whole meaning we are made up of light and dark. So until we have explored our darkness, it's like we're only half human we don't understand and I think that the work of shadow work is so powerful you know when we go to yoga we say oh the light in me sees the light in you when we do shadow work we say the darkness in me protects me against the darkness in you Before I did shadow work, I used to get scared when I'm around angry people. When people are angry, I feel like, ooh, bad vibes. I can't be in the same room with them. I I can't tolerate. It's like the air is difficult to breathe. And I set boundaries. I'm like, don't come over here. I don't want anything to do with you. Here's the secret. The secret is we're all in this together, we're all in the same boat. We're connected beyond our wildest dreams, right? So for example, if I have a river, if I clean up the river, every single person drinks cleaner water. If one person dumps toxic chemicals in the river, every person is drinking poison water. So it's like do you want to be the person who is cleaning the river or dumping poison in the river so i used to think that oh you know what he's angry over there oh let me close the door let me set boundaries i don't want anything to do with the angry man over there but now i realize if i want to drink clean water It's not enough that I just clean the river. I need to tell him to stop dumping chemicals into the river because that's part of the collective. So, you know, it depends on where you are in the journey, right? If you've not done any shadow work, you do need to set boundaries because you don't know how to cope with that angry person. But now that I've done a couple years of shadow work, I can honestly say when there is an angry person, I don't need to check out. I can find compassion and actually get curious about why he's angry. And just by listening and holding space, I don't need to take on his anger. No, his anger is his anger. I'm not taking it on, but, but just by listening and he his anger gets transformed. Right, And this is the idea that just by breathing, allowing, it's automatically transformed. Yeah, so shadow work is, is just willing to look at the anger, the grief, the shame, this, the drama queen inside of us, right? The ego. The jealousy, the manipulation, the self-centeredness, taking everyone for granted, victim scarcity, right? So there's these ten shadows in my book that you can just systematically look at. And I tell you, it's the most powerful thing that you can do for yourself. Because it literally protects you. It's it's like a I say it's like vaccine, you know, when you've expose your own darkness, then you're not afraid of other people's darkness anymore.
1: While doing the shadow work, there's going to be obviously discomfort that arises because it's, it's deep stuff, right? Like you're saying a lot of the times when we look at somebody else's emotions or behaviors and we have a visceral reaction to it, like the fear of the anger, the wanting to stay away from it, a lot of it is that shadow piece of us, of our own fear, our own experiences with our own anger that we're not addressing per se, What is your recommendation while reading through your book on how a person can kind of like be gentle with themselves as they do the shadow work?
2: Thank you for that question. I actually really believe that shadow work should not ever, ever be done alone because it is not safe, right? Imagine you're walking through the dark tunnel and then suddenly you're like, oh shit, it's dark, I'm scared. I don't know how to get out. (laughs) But if you are doing it, either one on one with a talk therapist who is familiar with shadow work, or two in a group setting, where there's a facilitator who's holding your hand. Right? So shadow work should be done. Ideally, with a professional who's holding the light for you and holding your hand so you cannot get lost. And so this is where I really think that you want to have an acupuncturist on call and ready when you do the shadow work also, because shadow work is looking at how you're eating chocolate and not brushing your teeth, right? But then there are all these blockages in your body. So when things come up all of a sudden, you'll be like, oh, I broke out a rash over my throat chakra, or all of a sudden, ooh, it's like there is a rash over my reproductive organs. And if you don't know what's going on, initially you see the rash and you think, oh no, what's wrong with me? But then you understand that's actually your body healing itself is pushing the trauma out of your body. Right? So, You know, I always say this. If you have money, see an acupuncturist, but if you don't have money, you can do qigong half an hour a day, two hours a day, why not? Right? So if you have the resources, it's helpful to have somebody do the cleaning for you. But even if you have no money, If you just do your own work, if you brush your own teeth two hours a day, okay, if you clean your energy system, so if you practice one hour of Qigong in the morning, one hour of Qigong in the evening, then even if you have no money, you can do it on your own.
1: Sorry, go ahead, Lauren. (laughs) We normally have a system of muting, so we know when the other person's going to talk. I like that, though, because... Mind-body is huge, like really huge. So this what you're sharing is not only going through shadow work, the kind of cognitive piece of it, learning, working through, having someone guide you, but also connecting that with some type of body release, whether it's the acupuncture or a physical practice to help release what's kind of coming out of your brain, out of your body and into the environment.
2: Yeah, so imagine when you do the shadow work, you're going to notice these rocks in your river. So to restore the flow, you need to move the rocks out of the way. Right? So you need to move the body. So you can move the body, you know, by yourself, or you can have somebody who knows how to diagnose where the rocks are, and do the job for you. Right? So yeah, I I always say it's like, if you've never done acupuncture before, go on to Yelp. And if even if you have one, two or three bad experience with acupuncture, that doesn't mean acupuncture is bad. That means you haven't found the one, right? If you have a dating app, you go on three bad dates. That doesn't mean you should give up dating. It means you should swipe and then try another one, right? So finding the right, whether it's talk therapist or acupuncturist is the same thing. Even if you've had three bad experiences, it just means you haven't met the one.
0: Absolutely. And it's cool that there are so many different areas of wellness. And it would be amazing if one day everyone could be able to access all of it. I've never tried acupuncture because I'm not in the place to invest that yet. But I'd love to. I, I mean, I'd love to know. More about it. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add about acupuncture specifically to what we talked about today, but I'm always curious to learn about alternative wellness. Um.
2: Yes. So I actually teach a Qigong class every Wednesday, 7 p.m., and that's in Pacific time. And it covers this. Um, traditional Chinese medicine, and we're healing the organ. So it alternates in Chinese and English language service. So if you speak English, then every other week, that you we welcome you to come learn about this medicine. And also every Sunday at 9am, I also do healing demos for group practices. And so that is also another resources. So on my website, mindfulhealingheart.com, slash events, you'll be able to find all these low cost or no cost events that you can go to.
1: Thank you for that. We appreciate that. Um, Are there any final takeaways that you'd like our listeners to know? um, Before we wrap up our episode?
2: Yes. I want all the listeners to know that they are perfect. A lot of the times, women are paid 77 cents on the dollar. And rather than complaining why we live in a society that is paid paying women 77 cents on the dollar, the more empowering thing is to look inside the way that I live my life Do I value my feminine as much as I value the masculine? So the feminine principle is being is accepting is accepting everything is perfect. In the current moment, the masculine principle is transforming, fixing, improving is this forward moving momentum. And I find that too often in the healing space, we emphasize transforming as if we're not perfect already. Right? How often do you go to a talk therapist and your talk therapist tells you actually you're perfect, just the way you are and joy exactly where you are. And I think this is hard because if I don't think I'm perfect, how can I tell other people that they're perfect? Because women we are given the body of women. We're actually really gifted at seeing the beauty in everyone. We're actually really gifted at finding gratitude. That's actually a natural state. We're really gifted at finding the perfection in the here and now. And so then you're like, oh, well, if I'm perfect here and now, then society won't move forward. We're not going to transform. We're not going to invent another iPhone. Well, consider this. We already have enough masculine. What if we keep paying a dollar to the men, but we just raise the woman from 77 cents to a dollar? That means we still have all the transformation but can we increase the compassion which is acceptance radical acceptance of where we are today
0: that's beautiful radical acceptance is something we both we both enjoy and you know it's a good reminder as we you know wrap up the episode and so much of what you talked about today was new you know I I don't know for for Ryan but for me it was it was new information and also reminders of old things but it's it's funny how some of the topics you brought up were are are relevant in my life currently but like you didn't know that before you know we had this episode so definitely um, you know resonated with me and hopefully our listeners as well Um, tell us a little bit about where Our listeners can find you on social media, your website, and uh, the name of your book.
2: Yes, so my website is mindfulhealingheart.com. It's really easy to remember because mindful healing starts from the heart. And from there, you can go to book and see uh, the title of my book, Honoring Darkness. And you can also go to events and check out all the low or free weekly and monthly events that i host and if you want to work with me privately i do one-on-one and honestly what i'm most passionate about is couples and family therapy
1: very cool Is is there any social media that you utilize that you want followers to to look you up on
2: Yes. So on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and YouTube, I am at Mindful Healing Heart.
1: Sorry, I was just writing that down really quickly. Um, Thank you so much, Winnie, for coming on and sharing your journey, your book. We're excited to look into your book and share that information with our listeners and all that you know about shadow work. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And if you feel called to rate and review and share it with the people in your life, you think would like us too. for more info on this episode, check out the show notes.
0: And as always, you can find us on Instagram at dope SHT therapy, pod and via email at dope SHT therapy, pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and check back soon for more episodes.